You're listening to Free Indeed Radio, the podcast from Free Indeed Ministries. Today on Free Indeed Radio. Because that's that's God and he wants to give us the credit for doing the work that he laid in front of us and then reward us for for doing the work that he prepared beforehand for us to walk in and all all we did was say yes. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon and John. Hello everyone, welcome back to Free Need Radio. I'm Brandon and I'm John. So, uh man, a lot's a lot's been happening over the last couple weeks. Why don't you why don't you tell people about it, John? Well, are you talking about with the ministry or Yeah, just just with the ministry, like just some of the stuff that we've been up to and some of the things that have been going on, little little bits and bobs here and there. It's been fun, hasn't it? It's mm-hmm. With all the you know, that God's doing, getting our word out and letting the message of the gospel flow to people and um, having churches connect with us and invite us in to, so that the family of faith can really hear this grace message that we talk about so much yeah, and really get a clarity of the, the pieces and the intricacies of the message. So yeah, been, all this month, um, I think this podcast will released in August. Um we're going to be teaching classes every Wednesday at the Foundry Church in Bend at 6 p.m. So that'll be fun if you want to come and, and hang out and and participate in those. We'd love to see you there. Um, and if you don't live anywhere near us, well, you'll know that we're out there <laughs> giving the message to lots of people who want to know so you can be praying. Mm-hmm. And that this will continue well, and we've got several churches we're going to be meeting with, so it's been very exciting to get the invitations, and just see people's hearts opened up. You know, it's not to it's not us, but it's God going before us and just preparing them to to understand that there really is a, a better way to think about people the way God does because we're His creation. He came and died. He did the, all of this for us. And uh, so we want to make sure people don't miss out on the opportunity to have that kind of a heart uh, for everybody. So, uh, oops. <laughs> Shut my phone off. I am a terrible human being. Well, it happens. So there's just, there's something that's been a constant theme through uh through the last couple weeks that I kind of wanted to talk about and it's come up in my studies and I just wanted to share it with everybody um, the whole idea of I can um, so often you know in in our Christianity in our walk with Jesus um, being like him actually being like him seems so far out of reach and um thinking of him as a mentor with his goal of making you be like him, to be conformed in the image of Christ in this life just seems too good to be true. Right. Um, and um, that whole, that idea has uh, really showed up here in, in my studies of, of Nehemiah. Um my friend Matt White is a youth pastor here in Redmond, and um, 
he did a message in Nehemiah um, talking about how, you know, we say, I can't so much, but in the Lord, it's always I can. And it is mm -hmm. I can. You know, it's mm -hmm. we we deflect the whole idea of um, glorifying him from, you know, saying I can to like, oh, no, it's not me. It's it's it's, it's you know, and just like right. being like you like to say mealy mouth and milk toast. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I just want to talk about how how Nehemiah saw that. Um, so it, like just really quick, I'll kind of give the rundown of Nehemiah chapter one, um, verse, verse three says the, they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. So Nehemiah is actually in um, a foreign land under the rule of King Artaxerxes, and uh, he's the cupbearer. He's 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 a trusted person in the kingdom, and this is during the the exile. <clears throat> and so uh, Nehemiah hears word about how Jerusalem got wrecked. And he says, "As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven." And just his prayer here is is so. It's so fascinating because there's, there are things missing in this prayer that we like to include nowadays that we would consider to make this prayer powerful or uh, proper. So really quick, I'll just read it out. It says, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost, uttermost parts of heaven, from there, I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him, in the, grant him mercy in the sight of this man. That part right there. Grant him mercy in the sight of this man. He's talking about King Artaxerxes. Because the very next bit uh, is, uh, now I was cupbearer to the king. In that, because that's that's Nehemiah's only prayer right there, you know, clear up to till further, that is actually, you know, worded out in scripture. But, um, so what happens next is he goes into the king's chambers and, um, is in the presence of the king and you're not allowed to be sad in the king's presence because if you put the king's mood off you, like that's your head and um so he was in the king's presence notice all that he prayed was give me mercy in the sight of this man um 
In the month of uh, chapter two, in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing that you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. And then Nehemiah, just being a regular person, is like, Then I was very much afraid. Hmm. And I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city... The place of my father's graves lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. And here's here's the big part. The king said to me, what are you requesting? Nehemiah didn't ask him anything. He didn't, he didn't pray in this prayer. He didn't say, oh Lord, if it's your will, anything. And he says, uh, so what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I'm pretty sure that Nehemiah was praying for strength to, to say you know, what he needed to say next. He says, if, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone and when, you, when will you return? And uh, so that whole that whole exchange from Nehemiah's prayer to how he approaches the king to how to how uh, the king responds. This is an absolute picture of the Lord's provision in grace. Nehemiah didn't ask the Lord, oh, Lord, should I go to Jerusalem and rebuild the gates? He didn't say that. He said, Grant me mercy in the sight of this man. Grant your servant mercy in the sight of this man, the king. And even then, notice, he doesn't address him as the king. He addresses him as this man. Because he understands that the Lord is king. And he understands that um, the Lord says who goes, who goes where. But I just, I just love that picture of, of uh, Nehemiah's boldness in, in what you know, it's not even up for question. He's like, I'm going to re- to rebuild the gates. I can. I'm going to go do this. Lord, grant me mercy in the sight of this of this man, the king. And so he boldly approaches the king. I mean, well, I mean he, he well, actually no, he doesn't even do that. He's just doing his job. Right. And it comes up, um, the king <laughs> is like, why is your face sad? You know something that 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 could be could be volatile for for Nehemiah. You know, being sad in the king's presence um, ends up being the very avenue by which the Lord's grace and provision gets gets laid out for Nehemiah. You know, he doesn't say, you know, oh king, you know, I uh, I need I need blah 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 blah. Like he he actually doesn't even approach the king. The, the king approaches him as to like, dude, why are you sad? What's up? And all that Nehemiah says is what's on his heart. And the king, you know, Nehemiah doesn't ask anything. But he puts it in the king's heart to say, what are you requesting? You know, like, what, what do you want? And then he's granted it. Mm-hmm. And not only is he granted it, 
but um, um, when when the opportunity arises him to ask says if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight that you sent me to Judah um, so it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time and I said to the king if it pleases the king let letters be given to me to the governors of the province beyond the river that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked for the hand of my God was upon me. He asked big. When the opportunity arose, he asked big. He's, you know, he didn't, he didn't count on there being timber there. He was, he was asking big and counting on, on the Lord's provision. Um, and the king gave him all of the, all of everything that was necessary. Um, yeah, and I, I just, I just think that that's such a good picture of, you know, we, we get so occupied and I get so occupied with everything that I think that I can't do and everything that I don't have. But, you know, uh, Jesus says, you ask not you have not because you ask not or was it Paul Paul somebody says that <laughs> um you know and we being sons and daughters of of the most high god with his favor resting on us because of the perfect sacrifice of Christ you know um i think oftentimes we we get so caught up in ourselves that we forget who who is the one who loves us and who is the one who serves us? You know, I, I get caught up, you know, when the Lord asks me to take a step. You know, when when everything is laid out in front of me and all of the, all of the provision is even there, you know, I can relate to, to being scared of even taking a step into it because I don't want to screw it up. You know, I keep just saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But all that Nehemiah said is I can because of my God. I don't know. Yeah, grant me. You know, he clearly already had it in his heart that he was going to do it, or that he could. He just needed someone to help him, meaning mm -hmm. the king, you know, through <clears throat> his protection and provision. And it's interesting that it was the queen who inquired, how long will you be gone? Wasn't that what it says? No, the king said to this me. The king. The queen was just sitting beside him. Yeah, so I, I love that the question wasn't, what are you thinking or what are you doing? It was simply, how long will you be gone? Yeah. An like acknowledgement that God's work has to be done, and he wants to see it done, and he wants to see this servant of God fulfill his life's need to serve God. And instead of questioning it to death and having 14 meetings, he simply said, how long will you be gone? Well, right, and, and you know, even if you know Artaxerxes was the king of the Persians, and he, I don't, I don't think that he even knew the Lord. You know, I, I, I don't even think that he necessarily saw Nehemiah as a servant of the living God. You know, God, you know, he, he wasn't Yahweh. The the Lord wasn't mentioned once in right. that whole conversation. You know, it was just the the Lord had given Nehemiah favor in the sight of this king. Because in order for someone to be a cupbearer, you have to be in a place of absolute 100% trust. 
because the cupbearer's job was to um, was to sample the king's wine to make sure it wasn't poisoned. And um, if it wasn't, he was the only person in the kingdom who was in a position to be able to poison it. Right, but God still was able to get... It just shows you that God can put into the mind of anybody uh, the necessary things to allow his children to serve him so that he's glorified and mm-hmm. and they're blessed. And I think that's another picture of what God is doing here. Mm-hmm. When we think that, well, I can't go and approach this person because they have influence and power, they have the last word, we suddenly can be afraid to go and even be open the conversation because of a preconceived idea that they are not in your way of thinking. They're not for you. They're against you. But there you have the the other side in the word where God says, I am for you, not against you. So if God's for you, then he can take anybody, any human, any of his creation who is against you and get, turn that around in their own mind. And they they don't have to necessarily be a willing participant. They just do it because that's what God would have done to, mm-hmm. to make us know that he is God so that we can serve him. He will use all things and all people uh, for his glory. And, and we have to remember that. I think it's a great way to live. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, yeah, I just love Nehemiah's response. To, and that was his response to calamity. You know, his, his response to calamity was um, to call on God and to, quote, remind God of, of his promises that, you know, that he had made to, to the people. And he was serving uh, in that moment of intercession as, as a priest between him and the people. Um, you know, great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But, and he's invoking God's promise here, but if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost, uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. That obviously being Israel and Jerusalem. And so, I mean, Nehemiah just simply stood on the promise of God. He, he stood on, on um, who God declared himself to be and who he promised himself to be. And um, that he would make good on this promise um, that Nehemiah was invoking. And like... I, I just can't get over the fact that, you know, there there, w- there was no question of how, you know, how that was going to come about. There was no question of how he was going to do that. You know, he he didn't spend any time de- debating or, or deliberating, you know, whether or not he should he should do this. It was just give me grace in the sight of this king. Give me grant me mercy in the sight of, of this man. You know. He, he had an idea and he moved forward in it because he knew who God was and he knew who he was to God. Mm-hmm. So how does this reflect in your life? 
In my life? Well, I mean, before I started reading in Nehemiah, I actually, uh, I started praying that way. Um, I started praying, you know, God, I can, I can follow you. I can worship you in spirit and in truth. I can hear your voice. I can move forward. I can receive healing, you know, in, instead of like, oh, God, you know, I, I mm. can't, I can't really hear your voice, you know, and just just making God really small. And then God turned around and absolutely was like, yes, you are right. You can in me because of who I am and because of who I have made you into. Our, our new creation so much um, in our minds is, is just weak and pathetic. Right. You know, too we, often. Yeah, we don't, we don't see how strong we really are or um, give God credit for making us strong. You know, it's like, oh, God, I'm, I'm so weak, mm. and I can't do anything, and and just, just please do stuff for me. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, stand up and walk. Move in the direction that God is giving you, and, um, and everything's going to be okay, even if it doesn't look okay. You know, stand up and, and know your worth and know who you are as a son or daughter of the living God. You know, know that you are being mentored by the living God to be like the living God. Right. And that it's it's entirely possible. You know, if if God if God was a mentor that we couldn't be like, then there would be absolutely no point in in being mentored by him. Right, and that goes to you know, when we get into the New Testament about that we can be strengthened. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And that's not a joke. I think that people take that too lightly or they just throw it on a situation. You know, all of a sudden, oh, okay, well, I can do this. But, you know, without even realizing it, God is preparing us to do that which he's called us to do that we haven't seen yet. The things that are not, he calls as if they are, so he's preparing us, you know, in all sorts of ways. And in that time, we can certainly do, and we say yes, and we can go forward, and we can make it, and we can be uh, the example of Christ that we're called to be. So is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah. Go along with that? Mm-hmm. See, we agree, so everybody can agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's been on my mind lately. The I can. Yeah. So giving up, it's hard to give up the I can't, isn't it? And hard to stop looking at yourself and what you think you lack and look at God and say, I can. Yeah, it really is. It's, uh. It's, it's difficult because, you know, I was talking to the Lord about this the other day and, you know, I, I was like, Lord, it's, it's, it, it is really hard to continually think in the way of I can because, you know, we're, we're trained by our society to believe that we can't. We're trained in this world. We're trained by sin. We're trained by Satan to believe that we can't. 
and Christ comes in and shatters all of that. You know, it shatters every bond that I can't has on us. Um, but we're, we're scared to think that way of ourselves because it's irreverent or because, you know, it's, it's arrogant. It's, it's not arrogant. Like, like, tell me what, tell, say, tell them what you were telling me the other night about glorifying God. Well, we can glorify God through all things and proclaiming him and being proud of what he's done with us. Um, what do you mean by proclaiming him? Uh, it, when we state what he's done, how he's used us, I believe that part of the, um, when he talks about if you um, speak of me, you know, if you're afraid to speak of me before men, then I'm not going to recognize you either. What's that scripture? I'm messing deny. that up. Deny. <laughs> if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father. Well, we can we can do that by not telling people what God is doing in our lives. Like what? How he's using us. Whatever his will for your life is. Maybe you've gone out and helped somebody that you, you hadn't thought of, and uh, God wants you to share that with somebody else so that they can understand what it means to serve and to go out and to be a part of what God has for us. Everything that God does is for his glory, for us to be blessed, but so that we can be a blessing beyond, far beyond ourselves, and that he would receive the glory. And it's okay to do that. God wants to brag about us. We're his children. He wants to give us more and more and more. And, and yet we resist that because we've been trained through, sadly, uh, false teachings or wrong teachings or just stuff that's not, that doesn't glorify grace that if you are proud or happy or in any shape, way, shape, or form have any sort of thought of credit, then it's you're, you're sinning. And God's word says that my thoughts are much higher than yours so far, as far as the heavens are from the earth. And so when we put our own idea of pride on something that God wants to do for us, then we destroy or we, we don't we don't even get to reap the benefit of the gift. So, so give me an example of, of what you mean by what you're saying. Like, like a real life example. Of glorifying God? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and, and backing doing... down off of it versus uh, glorifying God with it, you know. Well, cause... even just in what we do here with Free Indeed, stepping out and believing that God is going to um, do what he said he's going to do and that we could go out and and speak to the family of faith in churches uh, because we chose, God said to go do it, we're doing it and now it's fun to tell other people the witness of the places we've been and it's wonderful to say God used me and you to go to this church and to share with, with a cross section of the parishioners and they learn and they stepped into a new place and they they grabbed a hold of this grace that we talk about and were able to see something new in Christ that they had never seen before. You know, that's okay to say. And it's wonderful to share that and proclaim that. I'll shout it from the rooftops. Come and see the glory of God and find out what Jesus' grace really means. That's what he does. And I'm okay with that. I'm not a proud man. I'm, I'm proud of what God has done in me. I love the fact that God has chosen to keep me alive and to use me to this point in my life. And granted, I have all of my other thoughts, but instead of always jumping back to, oh, but you're still this, or oh, but I still that, no. <laughs> I'm going to live in the today 
Because as Paul said, leave the past behind, let the dead bury the dead, all of that is done. Satan will come along and remind you of what you're not or what you weren't. Well, guess what? Those are past sins, already forgiven, covered by the blood. God said, I don't remember that against you. It's, it's here and now that you count, that you mean something, that you are to me what you are today because it's today that you live and I live through you. And our wonderful opportunity to proclaim what we're doing, to show people that the kingdom is so real and so important that if, if God can use me, he can use you. If God can use you, he can use me. So a real life example, um, just to kind of put things to kind of put a face to that name. Um, when I uh, first started playing on the worship team I uh, at, at my church, I would have people come up to me all the time and be like, oh my gosh, that was so wonderful. Thank you for playing. You're, you're really, really good at this. And I, you know, I just really wouldn't know what to say because if I say, yeah, thank you, I, I'm, I'm really good. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, like whatever, it, it was weird to accept that because, you know, you're not supposed to in, in the whole, the whole guilt and a churchy thing. Like, oh no, it's, it's not me, it, it's God. Right, as if you weren't there playing the drums. Yeah, and so like, what I started to learn was that it's okay to receive praise from people for the way that you are and for the work that you do and for, um, the things that you do and the way that God uses you and to say, yeah, you know what? I am really good at the drums and thank you. Thank you for, for, for saying that. And I, I appreciate that God used me to bless you today. Right. Because that, that blesses me. Thank you that, that my, that my skill blessed you. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you used me and my skill to, to bless this person. You know, like, that that really is okay to say, mm-hmm. and God is glorified, and God and God Absolutely. is glorified because um, when somebody gives glory to God for something that He put in you, even if it's not directly, they're still praising God because you were doing God's work in that moment, and so that praise is going to you and it's going to God, right. and so receiving that and being built up and being edified in that is is a good thing absolutely you know like well you're a really great public speaker yeah well anything good in me comes from jesus well okay yeah that's true it's entirely true anything good in us does come from jesus everything comes from jesus but like to say somehow that you don't that you don't get any credit for anything that you do because you know it it was it was predestined from the beginning of time and uh you know i i just you know whatever kind of weird churchy thing that you would say receiving that praise and saying yeah you know what god did use me he did use me to to change people's minds and he used what he put in me he used my skill he used everything about me to do something really, really good. You know, that's exactly yeah. And again, 
as you're all getting, or some of you out there might be getting a little bit caught up with uh, ego and, and all of that kind of thing and trying to find the scriptures that would, that would knock this conversation down. We're not talking about pride and flesh. You see, God says, in, in James, if you read it, it says, faith without works is dead. God expects us, wants us to use the talents and the gifts and to share all of that with other people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's putting in effort, but it's not works. In other words, I put the effort in, you put the effort in to go and play the drums and be the best you can be so someone is blessed. That is glorification. If you were doing it as, I got to do this to make God happy and it's all in works, then, then it's dead. And, yeah. then, and, and we're not talking about that. We're talking about it's okay to glorify God, to proclaim what he's doing, shout it from the rooftops, be happy, be proud, be joyful, the Bible tells you all the time, to go forward with him without fear. And this, again, doesn't go back to, well, you're just bragging about your talent. No, we're talking about even if God has you do something for a neighbor, uh, it's okay to say, look at what God did for my neighbor. And I was so fortunate that I could be there and be used by God in such a special way. We want to break the bonds uh, of, well, what we call churchianity and bad thinking. We want to show you that Jesus, through his grace, wants you to be proud of him, to go make disciples of all the world. The only way to do that, folks, is to go out and proclaim the goodness of his grace. I mean, Mm -hmm. who would want to listen to you if all you ever say is, well, I'm not really good enough, and I'm just broken, and I'm all this and that. Well, good for you. I, I'm living happy without all of your mess. But when you're talking about after salvation, you're a new creation in Christ. You're, you're, you've been formed by the potter. You're, you're, man, you're beautiful. Let people see that radiance, and let's see that, let them see that this God is so amazingly radiant and glorious, and he wants to share it with you. Let me give you some of what God has done for me. Just, let's just enjoy it together. Mm-hmm. That's what God wants us to do. Go out and be thrilled <laughs> that God is using us. And remember the Holy Spirit's inside of you. So when you say nothing good in me, when, when people the say Holy this, Brandon. The Holy Spirit's in you. Yeah, how can you stand there and say that? That's what Brandon and I are talking about. Don't stand there and say, oh, there's nothing good in me. Well, then where's the Holy Spirit in you? I, you know, you, that's the wrong way to look at you. And the way Paul that... Paul said that was, I know that there's nothing good in me that is in my flesh. Right. But the flesh is dead. Right. The the flesh has been killed. Crucified. Died and so the only, I actually never even thought about that before. The fact that in us, the flesh is, is dead and we just have an, an understanding and, a, and an old habit. Um, and we're still following aff- it. Yeah, and we're because still affected that, by sin yeah. because we're in a world that's still affected by sin. But sin is, you know, we are set free from the power of sin. And if you're having to rededicate yourself constantly, then you need to really re re-understand or at least find first a first understanding of what grace is. Because Jesus has always been there. You've always been forgiven. You just don't have the right perspective of how God wants to be glorified through you and to allow him to use you and your words and your life and your smile 
to do just that, to be proud of him, to be proud of who he's made you into and to be excited about that, to see it as joy. So even in your hardest times, like Paul in prison, it wasn't happy, but there was joy because God was in him, because he reflected God. And somebody else in prison saw that and was changed by it. That's who we are. One thing that, that you said earlier that I kind of want to re retap um, is, if God is so proud of me, then why can't I be proud of God? Why can't I be proud of myself in what God has done? Not having pride in yourself as, in, mm -hmm. as if you've, you know, like, like we keep saying, as if it was you and you alone that did anything. Works. But it is, it is okay to be proud of your dad because your dad is proud of you. Exactly. Um, and the Lord has really given me a phrase these last couple of weeks to keep in mind. And it's, it's really just been so liberating in my head because I used to think that if I exert, if I exerted any effort, if, if I, if I tried to, if I tried to do anything, um, you know, it, you know, it, it went completely like if I was exerting effort in anything, then I was in works and I wasn't in grace. Mm. And, um, the Lord gave me a phrase that completely set me free from all that, and that is to do something with all of your strength does not mean you're doing it in your own strength. Right. That's beautiful. Um, and something that's, to remember. It, it really is. And to do something in your own strength is to do it, is to try and do it apart from God. Whereas if you're doing something with the Lord, you know, like how the scriptures are telling us to be diligent in seeking him you have to exude effort in that and you have mm -hmm. to you know you have to know and stand on who you are and exert effort in that like life with christ is effortless in the sense of us having to do things on our own and but some things do take effort sometimes we have to sweat sometimes we have to sometimes we have to to effort to, to put effort into laying ourselves aside and to praise God. You know, that's why there's a sacrifice of praise. You know, Christ sweat drops of blood. You know, and... Yeah, over what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, and so, like... I'm thankful we don't have to carry a burden like that because he already did it. Yeah, and we don't, we don't have to carry that at all. You know, Christ sweat so that we could rest. You know, in in our works and and trying to be holy and you know keep the law and and all that. Um, but just because there's work to be done doesn't mean that we're doing it according to our works. Right. And um. You know, I that that's just been something through all this in in I can and saying I can. It doesn't mean that you're doing it in your works. It doesn't mean that you're doing it in your strength. It's me it means that you're standing on the strength that God promises. Second uh, Timothy one seven says, um, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of strength, love, and self control. When you move in your strength, when you when not in your strength, but when you move with all of your strength, when you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength God promises to strengthen you with his strength. Yeah, that's his glory. I got I got this picture of um you know like there's this big bulldozer 
sitting on the street outside my house. And, you know, me being a, a little, a little, little kid, like a little two-year-old, you know, I want to, I want to go over and lift it, you know, because I want to be strong like dad. And so I get up underneath it and I push up on the top of it and it starts moving because dad is on the outside and he is lifting the bulldozer, you know, and, and he's saying, look at how strong you are. Yeah, you are. Look at you go, you know, right. Because that's, because that's, that's God. And he wants to give us the credit for doing the work that he laid in front of us and then reward us for, for doing the work that he prepared beforehand for us to walk in. And all, all we did was say, yes, he does all the heavy lifting. He, he does all the moving. He does all the shaking. He does all the producing and we get credit for, for doing the work and we get rewarded for doing the work. For showing up. Yeah. For showing up, for showing up and for just moving in it. And that's, that's the love and the grace and the provision of our God. That's that's who he is. So, you know, I I think that's that's all that we have for today. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for for coming back after our little kind of accidental sabbatical, I guess. You know, with being at Bible school. But um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Um, I'm also doing this this thing where I'm a starting essentially a pledge drive. I, I need to raise $1,500 a month so that I can have my baseline human expenses paid to, um, to continue to do free indeed full time. The Lord definitely has been taking care of us. And, um, we've been praying together a lot about this, uh, individually and separately. And, the, the Lord is, is moving us in this direction and is, is opening, opening the roads. And so if, you know, even if it's something as small as, you know, five, 10, $20 a month, you know, if, if the Lord puts it on your heart to, to, to donate to our cause, if you've, if you've felt blessed and you want to be more a part of what we're doing, if you want to be involved, if you want to contribute to something, if, if you know me, if you don't know me, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, you can, you can support us however you want to do that. And we just want to thank you for everything that, that you've been doing for the people who have been, um, telling us about how their lives have been affected by the gospel of grace. Um, yeah, just, just thank you for, for being who you are and responding to the Lord's call and his blessings on your life. And so go ahead and go out and change someone's mind about God. Thank you for listening to Free Indeed Radio. Send us your prayer requests, comments, and suggestions to freeindeedco at gmail.com. We would love to hear how the Lord has touched your life and rejoice with you. Don't forget to sign up to follow us by email on the website and get our app from the Google Play Store. Free Indeed is listener-supported, and we invite you to come check out how you can support us through our website at www.freeindeedco.com. Free Indeed Ministries believes that your tithes belong to your local church, and we receive your donations as offerings to support the mission of Free Indeed to advance the gospel of grace throughout the world. The Lord bless you as you go into your world and change someone else's mind about God.